This is Rabbi Sharon Brouse, Rabbi Adi Kar, where we're dedicated to reinvigorating Jewish community, ritual, and learning, all while laying the foundation for a just and loving society. You're listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our teachings, our guest speakers, basically anything we think worth hearing that we can capture and stream, you can listen to right here. The whole Megillah. I mean, literally, the whole Megillah. So thank you so much for being with us. Shabbat Shalom. On the 1st of September last year, I woke up with the feeling that somebody had squirted glue into my right ear while I was asleep. I didn't think anything of it. I'd just gotten off a 10-hour flight the day before, but it wouldn't go away. So I tried eardrops, and I tried nose spray, and I went to urgent care, and I got antibiotics, and nothing. And in the end, I called for an ENT appointment, and I will always be grateful to the person who canceled their appointment that day, thus enabling me to get in. I was told that I had sudden serioneural hearing loss, SSNL for short, not SNL. That's something completely different, like we say in my country, SSNL. And I'd lost about 30 to 40% of hearing in my right ear. And Dr. Christopher Trent, who is another person to whom I'll always be grateful, recognized that this was what was going on, began treatment immediately, and since there's a window for treatment to be successful, if I'd left it one day later, it would have been too late. And I was one of the lucky few with this condition to regain some of my hearing. I'm I'm down about 10% on that side, and I'll take it. It's a long treatment. You don't know whether it's going to succeed for a matter of quite some months. And it meant that for four or five months, I couldn't hear properly. And my ear would swoosh, and it would sing, It would sing these little songs to me at night. And for the High Holy Days here last year, everything sounded different, though I was very pleased to be able to hear anything at all. In his article, The Birds Are Singing But Not For Me, Professor David George Haskell, who is a biologist, reminds us that about 15% of Americans over the age of 18 have some trouble hearing, and so do nearly half of those over the age of 75. Just by being alive, he writes, we're locked into a process of sensory decline. We live in richly sensual bodies, but are too complex to be ageless. And my whole experience has made me reevaluate what it means to hear and what it means to listen. Because while the state of our ears defines what we can hear, that might or might not be relevant to how much we can listen. Because one is a physical process and it's governed by our physiognomy. The other Listening is an inward orientation. And the Hebrew word shema means both. 
Four times in the Torah, we read the words Shema Yisrael, not just once, four times. The first one is the one that Rabbi Scheindlin chanted this morning, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, the laws and rules that I speak into your ears this day, study them and faithfully observe them. The second is the one that we know very well, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The third is in next week's Pasha, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, today you are crossing the Jordan River. And the fourth one won't come until a few weeks' time. Before you join battle, the Torah says, the priests shall say to the troops, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, you are about to join battle with your enemy. Let not your courage falter. We come from a tradition that believes that repetition is never redundant. When the Torah repeats itself, it's always deliberate. And of course, four makes up a set, whether it's four table legs or four cardinal directions or four children at the Seder. So the four Shema's must be asking us to learn something from them. There's a man called Otto Sharma. He's a senior lecturer in the MIT Sloan School of Management, and he's co-founder of the Presencing Institute and the U School for Transformation. And he teaches about leadership and change. And Sharma identifies also four levels of listening. Level one is when we download, when what we hear confirms everything we already know. Level two, object-focused listening, listening with attention, attending to ideas that are different from our own and asking questions about them. Level three, empathetic listening, which shifts our attention from our own system out into the field towards the other and the place from which they, not we, are speaking. And finally, level number four, generative listening, a listening that connects to what Sharma calls a deeper realm of emergence. He goes on to say, that we know we have operated on this fourth level of listening when we realize after a conversation ends that we are no longer the same. And Sharma's four levels of listening do resonate with the ones in the Torah. They are not in the same order. Sharma's four levels progress in a linear way. There's this and one more and one more and one more. The Torah is not like that. And maybe that's because the Torah is a record of human experience and human experience never travels in a straight line. But the resonances are there. Those four levels of listening do exist in these four Shema Yisraels. And here is how I think they plot 
onto each other. Level one, the downloading level, Shema Yisrael, today you are crossing the Jordan. It's coming up soon in the Torah, and when we read it, we'll see that the Torah is going to go on to tell us that the land has great big cities and great big people, and we've heard that before. It was the way that that confirmed the spies' fears that gave rise to the whole episode of the spies and the wandering in the wilderness in the first place. Level one, downloading, confirmation of what we already know. Good to hear, not necessarily great listening. And this morning we had number two. Object-focused listening, interactive listening. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, the laws and the rules I speak into your ears this day, followed immediately by the Ten Commandments. And the Torah is pretty clear about what it wants us to do with this Shema Yisrael. Study them. Faithfully observe them. The information is going in, like with downloading, but the information means nothing unless we investigate it and question it and practice it. Rabbi Elliot Dorf translates the bracha for Torah, la'asok b'divrei Torah, as saying, getting involved with Torah, getting entangled with Torah. That's what this level two Shema Yisrael is. And could we say that the whole essence of Judaism is to listen with attention and ask awkward questions? Yeah, I think we could say that. Level of hearing number three, the empathic listening, is not going to show up for a couple of weeks now. Remember, it says, before you join battle, the priest shall say to the troops, Shema Yisrael, you are about to join battle. Let your courage not falter. And those who listen to the priest's instructions hear something that is contradictory. We're about to go to fight, except if you can't, except Anyone who can't deal with fighting is going to be told it's okay not to fight. If you have crops to harvest, you don't need to fight. If you've just got married, you don't need to fight. If your heart isn't up to it, if you are rach levav, says the Torah, if you're tender of heart, you don't have to fight. And this use of heart clues us in that this Shema Yisrael is about empathic listening, just like the first line of the Haftarah, Daber el Lev Yerushalayim. Because wrapped up in this Shema Yisrael is the idea that not everybody is the same as us, and we have no business to expect that of people. We listen differently. And that brings us to the fourth Shema Yisrael, the most familiar one, the one that our rabbis chose to place morning and evening for us to connect to, the one where we emerge from the encounter different to the way we went in. Shema Yisrael, 
Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Every time we emerge differently from the encounter, it shouldn't surprise us, right? An encounter with the Holy One should change us. This is what Sharma has to say about it. He says, you have connected to a deeper source, to the source of who you really are, and a sense of why you are here, a connection that links you with a profound field of coming into being, with your emerging, authentic self. And is it a coincidence that the Torah's example of generative listening is followed immediately by our own capacity to generate. Vishinantam levanecha, says the Torah, impress these upon the people you yourself generate. It's a nice coincidence, and maybe it's a little bit more. So let me summarize, that was a lot. Let me summarize it. Four Shema Yisraels in the Torah. They correspond to four different ways of hearing. Hearing as information, hearing as learning, hearing as connection, hearing as transformation. As Rabbi Zadok just said, this is the time of year when we begin to focus on change. From the afternoon of Tisha B'Av last Thursday to Rosh Hashanah, seven weeks down the road, the path of change opens for us at this time of year. I wonder if this is why the Torah introduces these four types of hearing precisely here. Maybe the hearing, maybe the listening, is part and parcel of that journey. Here's one way to understand it. We can say, what would it be like if we could shift all of our listening capacity over the course of the next seven weeks to generative listening, to level four listening, to the listening that creates change? How different could we be on Rosh Hashanah if we were able to make that journey, to be changed by the encounter every time we listen. It's very tidy, that idea. It's very linear. First one kind, then another, then another, then another. Which is why I want to offer another way of incorporating these four levels of listening, these four Shema Yisraels, into our inner journey. Because a human journey doesn't go in a straight line. A human journey is messy. A human journey, in, in the human journey, a mess, the messiness is real. So what I want to suggest is that coming up for us on our journey to the High Holy Days, we are going to encounter all four types of hearing all over the place, all at once. The downloading, the object focusing, the empathy, the change are going to be all around us all of the time. And therefore, our task is not so much one of development as one of noticing. Re'eh, both listening and seeing 
yeah? Noticing what kind of hearing encounter we're in and asking ourselves, do I need to shift my mode of hearing in this conversation? Have I come to this conversation as a download? But in fact, I need to listen expansively to what's under the words that this person is telling me. Am I mistaking Shema Yisrael, here's something and I can learn it and I can crunch it, with here's something that will change me if I let it? These kinds of questions, wherever we are on this journey, we can be listening. And I want us to notice that all four of those kinds of listening have nothing to do with our scores on a hearing test. Hearing is a physical process. Listening is an inward orientation. At the end of that article I mentioned, and it's worth looking for, the birds are singing, but not for me, Professor Haskell, the biologist, observes, and I quote, opening our senses to the living world does not erase the sorrows of aging, but paying attention in community can bring delight in the moment and is a defiant and joyous answer to evolution's bequest. Shema Yisrael. Let's be listening. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, it's Rabbi Brass again. Thank you so much for listening. Want more content like this? I hope you'll subscribe. And please consider making a contribution to Ikar so we can continue to work toward the fulfillment of our mission to reanimate Jewish life, to embody moral courage, to nurture the spirit, and to work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Visit our website at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And I hope to see you maybe even in person sometime soon.